It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. Well, it's episode 246 of the New Utah Podcast, and we are coming at you via Skype because uh, everyone had shit going on that required us to be separated. And It's probably safer that way anyway. Our house has no railing. It's got fucking scaffolding <laughs> everywhere. There are I've, no outdoor lights. It's it's really treacherous it, to come to my yeah, house. Yeah, it's kind of scary out there, actually. Chris almost fell off the porch today. That didn't have anything to do with anything other than he just <laughs> There's no railing. There's no railing. That's why you just step backwards off the porch, <laughs> like step off randomly. Um, it is kind of treacherous, though. It like is. that scaffolding is like right in the walkway. It's hard to walk around. And the other day, the, and it fucking had snowed, and there was like ice and snow that they were just trudging around. Uh, and so then it was, I had to get out there and like scrape it off with the shovel. Use and, some ice melt. What about that toxic dirt snow? Oh, that is nasty. It is all over my trash cans. And yeah, that's pretty gross. It got right? on my brand new windows, and I had to go drive out in it because of Phoebe. And, and no, it wasn't Phoebe. That was for Sean. And so it's all over my car, and the lines for the car wash have been too long, so I haven't been able to go wash it off. That made, like, national news. It was just all over the place. Fucking gross. Welcome to Utah. <laughs> Mostly it hasn't been now. that bad for a while, though. I don't remember it, it ever being because, that bad before. Well, there was, yeah, but there was a windstorm like the night before, and it just picked up dirt from the West Desert. Yeah, but it just it dumped it all over everything, and now there's just a film on everything that you can't I'll, get off. I'll pee on the garbage can and clean it off later. Well, luckily <laughs> for my house in particular, what it got on was not anything that's going to show anymore. So yeah. It got on wood that's now covered with a concrete mixture called stucco. Yep. So they give you a timeline? The base coat is all done, and it's got to sit for a week and so that they can see if it cracks or anything as it dries so that they can fix any cracks. Cure. Then once it's cured, then they'll put the color on and then... Hopefully they'll do our soffits at some point. Yeah, our soffits are still exposed, but they've got plastic and stuff up on them now. Um I feel a little bit better just because now the house isn't just the the wood, but um, I feel great. House it's starting to look better. like a house again <sighs> instead of just like a construction site. Although the scaffolding is everywhere and it's kind of creepy when you pull up to the house. Now it definitely looks like a construction site. So <laughs> yeah, but it was even more so when it was just the wood. When it was just the OSB showing and we had brand new windows in with stickers and stuff on them. Like it looked like somebody had built some weird concoction of a new house and an old house all at the same time. <laughs> Looked like a house in Magna where they just stopped building partway through <laughs> and they're like, we'll live in this. It did kind of. That's Except the... it was all OSB on the outside instead of like half OSB and then some fucking foam. And <laughs> I think like they the cracked down on those houses, houses out there though. Well, there were a bunch in that old part of Magna that looked like that, like by the golf course and by Magna Main Street. There were a bunch that like you'd drive by them and it was like OSB and like fucking cardboard and um, duct tape holding the fucking exterior of that house together. And you're like, there's that house you could see on Bang It or Forever that they were building that second story off. Oh, yeah, the cantilevered like patio thing. You could tell there were no permits because it was like spare two by fours that probably 
fell off of somebody's truck on Bangor, and like it's just all yeah, and it, it was they like that just, forever. They were just like picking up the parts as people built houses in the neighborhood. They're just like, are you using this two by four? Yeah, that thing is. That would be fun someday when they sell that house. I got COVID over here. You just got the sneezes. Uh, yeah, we've got window inspectors coming tomorrow for the new windows that they put in. And did you guys, uh, did you guys do anything fun this weekend? Well, I was down in sunny St. George. Oh, that's right. I, I forgot about that. I missed the dirt mud rain. <laughs> My kids were sending me pictures. Ah, look at the cars. Yeah, so I was down there for work, so it was, it was a work weekend for me. But at the same time, it was nice to get away. The weather was nice. I always like going down to St. Yeah, George. Yeah, shut up, Jeremy. Ha-ha. What about you, Jess? You make any cakes? I did. I made two, actually. And I went to Park City, and I donated plasma, and I think that was it. That's <laughs> uh, that's an adventuresome weekend. I uh, I uh, didn't do anything useful. We watched the Super Bowl on Sunday, <laughs> which um, was not anything useful. Which was also very kind of boring. Like With apparently when. Well, apparently when two of your like two of your tackles are both injured um and then you have to shift like three people in your offensive line around, suddenly this like number one offense in the NFL can't do anything. And the game gets really boring or really fast. Uh, yeah, and apparently I fell asleep, asleep like right before the guy ran out on the field. Oh yeah, the streaker guy. They ran yeah. out, and like he ran right through the line. And so like normally they don't. Sh- normally they don't show that stuff on TV because they don't want to like give the people streaking on the field like <laughs> here's your notoriety but like they didn't have a choice like the play was about to start and they blow it dead and all of a sudden you see this dude fucking run across the field and they kind of talk about it for a second and then like move on and then like there's all these videos on tiktok from people that were at the game that are like good videos of him getting like nailed at the at the goal line <laughs> on the other end of the field by the security people but he like jukes between a few security guys on field before a dude finally nails him um but yeah that guy will go to jail for a what while what did he do between a few security people juked him i've never heard that but it's because really? you're not a sports fan he wiggled his junk. Yep. Yeah. He just took his dick out and he's like, ah, bitches, touch me now. And they're like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the game. Funny the was, way you say it, Chris. The game was not particularly um, interesting. I mean, Tom Brady, probably that cements him as the greatest quarterback of, of all time up to this point in our life. Uh, maybe there will be someone that can get eight Super Bowl rings with more than one team. Who knows? Uh, but fuck, that's a lot of Super Bowl rings for one dude. Seven from two different he teams. He does with all of them. Maybe he, like wears them on a necklace or something. Uh, he he uh, shows them to his wife, and he's like, "I know I make half the money that you do, but look at what I have." <laughs> and she's like, "Bank account, bitch." He lets the kids run around the house with them. This is how the Super Bowl went because we were actually having these conversations during the Super Bowl because it was so uninspired and not fun. I'm like, Jesus, she makes like $400 million a year and he makes like 180 Like, she's worth way more than he is. Uh, so he's the one taking the shopping cart back when they get to the car. Yeah. 
Are you kidding me? Is that how that's determined? Because Chris always takes the shopping cart back and he makes way more than me. They don't go to the fucking grocery store, dude. When I go to the store with you. When you make. just dude me? No. When you make $580 million a year, I don't think you do your own grocery shopping anymore. Something tells me they have people for that or they just order it and have it delivered. Guess what? Us normal people can do that, too. Yeah, we can. We can. I don't think they're using DoorDash. I don't think Tom Brady wants to answer the door for delivery. You never know. I mean, maybe, but that's a little. He walked like, into somebody's house. Wasn't he the one that walked into somebody's house by accident so. when he he did when he first moved to Tampa? He walked in his neighbor's house because all the houses look the same. Yeah, well, but like. Like, when you're Tom Brady, like, you can't, and, like, his wife, too, like, you can't fucking go anywhere without people recognizing you. You know, it's not yeah, like you're a... It was his next-door neighbor, and he walked into there. Yeah, like, I just don't... <laughs> that's... Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the halftime show, The weekend, um, you know, The weekend, who's who's great, uh, that show was terrible. It was it uninspired. Was, it, was... it was visually hard to watch. So I, I, as you know, I have talked about it before. I listen to a lot of talk radio about music and um, they were saying that they had talked to somebody that was in the stadium and the stadium sounded fine. So it was the actual broadcast yeah, I kind of figured. that the sound didn't translate and it was, and it was, it was, it was, the sound was horrible. The but, sound was bad. The visuals were really bad. Like, I don't understand. Like they just weren't good. And like yeah. when when you're doing a Super Bowl during COVID and the vast majority of people are watching from home because that stadium was not even close to full. There were so many cardboard cutouts in the stands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, I, I just don't know how you don't do a better job with something like that. And it sucks for him because, I don't, you know, it's not his fault. He's not he's not running all of that. So um, and the commercials were lackluster. I, I only remember one of the commercials. <laughs> there was a couple of funny ones. I remember the what Matthew McConaughey Doritos commercial. That's uh, it. That's the only one I remember. Do you I remember, remember Sesame Street? On it. Wayne's World. Oh, don't I don't remember, remember any the of Wayne's those. World commercial. That's right. We were talking about how Drake from was. State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was memorable to me, though. That's just it. Like, oh. I, I was I was disappointed quite a bit, and apparently, like the one really good piece. The the broadcasters just like laying into the NFL for its its clear lack of of you know racial equality when it comes to coaching staffs and stuff, um, just lambasting them, which is really not something that happens very often from from broadcast stations. Uh, that was all pregame, and we didn't listen to it, so mm-hmm. kind of sad. Uh, anyway, that's enough about the stupid Super Bowl. It wasn't that any, <laughs> it wasn't that great of a game. It was just and it didn't have anything to do with Utah. No. It's pretty fucking boring. I mean, it it did. There's probably a Utah player that played on one of those teams. I don't know. <laughs> no, it did have to do with Utah because there were first responders that were in the audience from there you go. from Intermountain. How's that? For oh, your it, it might have been on a shot in a camera somewhere. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. You gonna give us our real house was update? It's the last yes, one. Yes, I right? am. This is not the last one because we have the reunion shows, um, which... Plural? uh, Yeah. Yeah. So this (laughs) is what's happening. So the finale was an hour and a half long, and it was about um, Heather's opening of... It's it's basically like a reopening. Like, she moved to a new spot. It's in Midville for her med spa. 
so it was just kind of about that and just um, kind of like just their relationship. So, and I do mention this like later with our interview, but in 12 years of a Real Housewife franchise, franchising, whatever the word is, um, <laughs> this is the first time that they are doing a three part finale. And it looks really, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> Like not, they're not going to be very nice to each other. You can already tell by the, um, by the previews. But whoa, what just Excuse happened? <laughs> Jeremy's yelling at the wieners. He's yelling at his wiener. <laughs> hey, if you got to do that, you got to do that. Anyways, it has been renewed for a second season. I don't know if they'll keep the same players. Um, I don't think they should um, for a couple of them. Um, but that's just my opinion. I'm not casting it, so I don't have anything to do with it, but just watch. But it's been really fun to just see these women run local businesses in our community. So I'm glad someone watches that train wreck because it ain't me. I got your recap. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> Did grandpa fucker fucker grandpa on camera yet uh, um no i, I don't divorce think that's him? gonna happen no i don't think that would happen either just that's, because uh, that's a uh, lot of has anyone like, called would, her out on why she's fucking her grandpa yeah they actually discussed it in a couple it's actually her step-grandfather um and they just keep it throwing in that in there like it makes a damn bit of difference well it's not blood related <laughs> it doesn't matter it's her fucking grandpa um, like yeah, if it they, was her grandpa for six months, like grandma married this dude for six months and they kind of had a thing on the side, like that's different, but I don't get the impression that's what it was. I get the impression he was her grandpa for a long time. Um, I'm not sure for how long. That's a good question. Uh, it's actually, I don't really long care. Um, <laughs> was Mary's... <laughs> Tell me what porn sites you get with typing that in. Oh, that's better. How long was <laughs> Mary's grandpa her grandpa? Oh, but yes, to answer your question, they did discuss it in a couple of episodes. She made it sound like she was like not keen on it, but frankly, there's a lot, a lot of money and assets involved, and yep. yeah, nothing like. Uh, Mary Cosby of R-H-O-S-L-C opens up about marrying her step-grandpa. There you go. After show reading. Toilet it's reading. Oprah. Oprah. No, fuck that, dude. I'm reading it on air. <laughs> um, so I'm going to find the juicy bits and I'm going to read it on air. While I'm looking Chris for these been, juicy Chris bits. Chris has been more invested in Mary than I've even talked about the, the whole last like, yeah. month. So we're, I'm going to talk about the juicy bits, but before that, like as I'm looking up the juicy bits, I want you guys to tell our listeners about ourdivorce.com so that Mary can get a divorce from her grandpa <laughs> when I'm done talking about the fucked up situation. And why okay, she's that's why to- we've talked about this before. There's no way that Mary would be able to go through ourdivorce.com because they have too many assets. They have out-of-state assets. I just don't think that the like level-headed service that the people at ourdivorce.com are offering would be something that Mary and her husband would be able to utilize. TurboTax isn't for everybody. The TurboTax no. is, is not okay. for Sometimes there are Turbo too many deductions. a lot of commercials on right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. What's your juicy bits, Chris? Um, I'm trying to find anything good because I'm just trying to see how long she was doing it. Um, Chris is looking for his juicy bits. I, you know, I lose them from time to time. <laughs> so he's not her blood grandfather. He, she did marry him. Uh, she didn't want to. Uh, that's weird to me, but my grandmother wanted me to, so I obeyed her. I trusted every word. What? Yeah, and do you know why she did it? Because it was in the will, and that's how she was going to take over the church and be in charge of it instead of somebody else in the family taking it over. Couldn't you get a lawyer to fight that a little bit, you think? No, I don't know. I don't know. This this Oprah Magazine article is bullshit. It's just another... When was it published? Like, fucking last in December. Okay. They, said they had an interview with her and did it in December. What I'm curious about is how long. All I want to know is how long her grandfather grandmother was married. Yeah, right. like was she married to him for 20 years or like two? No, that's how long. That's how long um, they've been married. That's how long Mary and Robert have been married. 20 years. Yeah. Holy fuck! Was and they have like, one son. Was he like a third? They have a son together too. Yeah, that's just messed up. It's still messed up. It's still messed up. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I know. Don't worry. Uh, Nobody else can either. Like people on the show can't even handle it. So she hasn't been on the show a lot, like the last probably five episodes or so. And I read that maybe she started filming late. Like she came in like as a, like a filler. <laughs> but I don't know. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. Cause I don't really actually think she's friends with any, like maybe yeah, she, she did come them. in late. That's for sure. That's why she's so, not in a lot of the episodes very much. Yeah. So, uh, Some grandpa. <sighs> <laughs> do you think that, do you think her son with grandpa was an accident? You know, just so it you know, Jeremy yeah. sitting there in your hoodie, with your gray beard and stuff, you kind of look like a homeless old grandpa. He's just like a homeless guy at the library, <laughs> skyping in. Because it's kind of weird the way your strings are there. It looks like you're wearing two hoodies, and one's unzipped, and one's, like, hanging open. It took me a minute to be like, oh, it's the strings from his hoodie. I thought you had two hoodies on. Gotta, I'm like, what is going on over there? you got to stay warm in this weather when you live on now the There's, streets. like, no heat in this house right now. You just have to wear two sweaters. Chris, here's what, she, here's what she said in an interview. She said she has no regrets about making her grandma's wishes come true. She said, it's my story. I'm not ashamed of it. And I feel like I'd rather kept my grandma's empire together than have listened to the people and make them just be lost in life. Yeah, but that's... And they've been married 22 years. But that's that's like it. It doesn't matter. I still want to know the answer. I'm to the looking. Other. I know. I'm looking. I'm googling as fast as I that's can. Important. Like, again, like if it was a year or two, that's one thing. But if it was like twenty years, that's it's fucking weird to begin with. Let's let's not make a mistake. But nope, was he like make a mistake? Is, that. is he like twenty, thirty years older than her? Or is he like he grandpa is? He's he's much older than her, but she's also. Like, I'm, I don't want to say she's old, but she's... Well, she's, she's been married to the guy for 22 years. She's going to be in her 40s, probably. She's late. She's like late 40s. A couple of the gals are late 40s. Yeah. <sighs> right, so she was like 22 when they got married. I got I to gotta update you guys on Gangland, because I don't know if you heard what went down this weekend. Yeah, kidnapping and was, shooting. Oh, yeah, there were two it was, things. It was like Sunday, I think, right, which is things. funny, because we didn't hear about it till today. But uh, in Gangland, so the... 
opposite side of, of the Kearns neighborhood that I live in over by um, um, Kearns High School and the Olympic Oval where all the drive-bys happen, all the stupid gang shit goes on. Um, we had yet another incident, probably gang-related. I don't fucking know. Some girl was kidnapped. She, girl, she's like fucking 25, kidnapped, yep. and now they're saying that it looks like she was probably shot at some point, uh, and they cannot find her, and they don't know who took her. Uh, they have, like, this real shitty, grainy, like, ring video camera footage from across the street of the car and, like, a blob of a person that's a Latino. Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying like to watch it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm watching. Camera from across the street. Um, also, another update from nicer side of gangland, yeah. uh, what we call the, the west side of gangland. Um, there's a fucking fox running around. I call our neighborhood. it the top of Kearns. Cute. Yeah, we're at the top. We're in the hill. We're the hill people. It, of it's Kearns. just. It's called the top of Kearns. It's. I don't know why, but that's what it's called. Because we're better than everyone below us. <laughs> it probably is because we're higher. Because we're up on the hill more. But it's just called the top of Kearns. But but ring neighbors has been so I like that is my favorite. Like I don't even care about the ring doorbell itself. It's although I have been able notices. to use it to like tell people to do stuff and tell like sales people to get the fuck off well, we've porch. talked to jeremy and jessica on the ring that's doorbell. true it's true but uh, right now our ring doorbell isn't attached to our house and chris had it face up on our side table for a while and every time he'd walk over there to do something it would tell me somebody was at the door but it was just chris in the front room yeah i stuck my dick on it a couple times so she could see that you did not <laughs> but anyway so ring neighbors is my favorite part and i thought you know because i talk about all the idiots over by the 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 uh, airport Airport 2 that always complain about the helicopters because there's a fucking division of Apaches that are right there. You moved in by an airport, people. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, the other day I was looking and there's a fox in our neighborhood, like uh, like within a couple blocks of us, like a red fox. One of our walking routes. It's yeah. on one of our walking routes. And they're like, I don't know if you have small cats, but there is a red, there is a fox in the neighborhood hunting cats. I got it off of a cat that it had penned. And then, like, they show the picture of their ring from their camera, their fucking front door camera, and the fox is, like, running around the front yard. Very clearly a red fox. Like, it is a fox. That's cool. Which is really fucking crazy in the middle of, like, suburban, you know, Salt Lake. I know they exist at, like, golf courses and stuff because I've run across them at, at, at golf courses uh, a few times in the valley. So they're definitely present. It was just a little weird to see that it's in our neighborhood. Um, but I guess we're not that far from... Like the sticks, the basically. Yeah. Yeah, because because you know, legacies. There's Lodestone Park right across 56, and then all of that stuff beyond that pretty much is just open yeah. land until you get past Bacchus, where they're building again. Chris, I have an answer for you. Oh, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Problem. Robert joined the church where he met Rosemary, who was the grandma, who was 20 years older than him huh. at the time. They were married in 1975, and they were married for 22 years when she passed away in 1997 from a heart attack. That's so they have so both fuck. been married so the exact same amount of time. percent her grandpa. Yep. Like, that was, like, 20 years as your grandma's husband, especially then, like, 1975, that's probably when she was five, probably. right? Like, if she's in her 40s, like, yep. her mid to late 40s, she's probably some born somewhere between 70 and 75. Uh, so she's known him as her grandfather her whole life. That's fucking messed up. That is really messed up. That I can't like that. That's that is that is grandpa fucker. I don't care if they're not related by blood. <laughs> wow. 
Who said she was a grandpa fucker on the show? Um, Jen did. I need to send her fucking uh, a thank you card because that's what she that is fucking messed up. Honestly. Have have Passy make a pin. I can't. I, <laughs> grandpa fucker. <laughs> yes. Do it. I'm with Grandpa fucker. And you can marry. You can mail it to the church. The church is just in downtown Salt Lake. That South is so of fifteen hundred South. I'm I like I don't even know if I can continue with the show. We might actually have to just end it. <laughs> that is mind blown. My my laptop is so mind blown that the that the battery's dying. I'm pretty sure having it plugged in all the time is making the life of my battery die. Oh, uh, could you should let it die all the way. Um all right. Uh so a few things that we're going to talk about. We don't do a lot of news anymore, but um I thought it was pertinent to update on a few things that have been going on that we've talked about. Um, so that big, uh, anti-mask party that happened around Halloween down in Utah County, the one with like 10,000 fucking people, they're finally filing a bunch of charges, um, against some of the party goers, against the party organizers. Um, there are, <laughs> there was a quote in here, uh, from, um, from, uh, Mike Levitt or David Levitt, uh, who's the, the, um, I think he's the district attorney down in Utah County. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway. He said every charge we issue has a purpose. He ran a, he ran, um, he was running against somebody that was a big, I can't remember, might've been part of the AG race. So he says every charge we issue has a purpose behind it because we're not here to charge 10,000 people for going to a party. We're here to charge those who participated in the organization of the party, those who advanced it and possibly those who possibly obstructed the investigation. So they are they are targeting the people they're charging with specific stuff. And they're everything from, you know, class B misdemeanors um, for a whole bunch of different things, um, violating state health orders, um, you know, a bunch of crap like that. But they're really trying to go after these organizers of, of what they call a super spreader event. Um, so the charges are now starting to be filed for all these people uh, from October. So... Uh, also, Salt Lake City schools, kids are going to start going back to class finally. I don't know. They did start this week. week. Yep. Yeah. I don't know that they should have ever been stopped from going to class, but I think, you know, not understanding the disease fully probably. Probably that was just a big precaution. I think parents are probably overly happy. <laughs> well, and at this point, you've only got three and a half months left of this school year. Yeah, that's wow, true. Wow, that's so weird to think of. Uh-huh. That is true. <laughs> Uh, so they're going to start going back to class. Who knows how that's going to play out? They they are doing some testing and stuff like that uh, for kids to go to school. They opted into a uh, test to, to come, test to stay or some shit like that program. I don't know. Um, so they're going to do some COVID testing to make sure that uh, make sure that the kids are safe. Um, and speaking of schools as well, our uh, friends down in St. George, Dixie State University, um, they're still trying to drop the Dixie from it. They actually took it to the legislator, uh, legislature. legislature. So to some of the <laughs> in the legislature, <laughs> um, I, I, they want to get rid of the name. Uh, I think they need to get rid of the name. It means 100% what, why it's a bad name. Utah was a Southern state during the civil war. The heritage of, of the southern U.S. is alive and well in Dixie, uh, in, in St. George, and it is quite racist down there. And yep, it, my daughter experienced it. I mean, they've changed the mascot from the Rebels to the 
fucking running blazing buffalo or some stupid shit. <laughs> the blazing buffalo. That sounds like a good buffalo wing to me. It's like, well, it is actually like a bison running. So I don't know why they want to keep the Dixie. It's the trailblazers, by the way. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's actually just a fucking buffalo running. <laughs> so it's a buffalo on you fire. should be on fire. <laughs> Fiery buffalo blazing a trail. <laughs> Portland's going to sue them later for that uh, trailblazers <laughs> thing. <laughs> Um, so, and I think actually a house, the uh, house committee on higher education has already approved the bill to drop the name. Yeah. So, um, I think Have they come up going, with a new name yet. Uh, I think it's just going to be, um, I don't know. I have no idea. Actually, I don't know. I haven't heard that they've decided on a new name. Southern Utah State University or something. They can't stupid. do that because Southern Utah University they is right next to Southern time. Utah State University. Mm, I we already have Utah State, UVU, so. U, U of U. You know we how many SUU. fucking University of California there are? SUU is in Ephraim. <laughs> SUU is in Cedar City. Ephraim Snow College. Snow College. Sorry, that's the one I'm thinking. That's of. not a. That's not a <laughs> university. That's where Mormon go before uh-huh. the missions. And now that they're all going on their missions right out of high school, I don't know if uh, Snow College will survive. I know of a couple of people that are going there. So, yeah. It's, uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, that name is going to go away, I hope, finally. And then I just wanted to talk about this because this actually made national news. Um, the avalanche that happened in Mill Creek Canyon last this last week, um, this last weekend, uh, four people died, uh, yeah. and then four other people were there with them. Um, that I think they all got flown out. And um, avalanches are a real deal, uh, and there's not been a lot of snow. And so when you don't have when you have long periods without snow uh, in the mountains, the avalanche danger is incredibly high when it snows again. Well, they had warned people oh, yeah, that country do. avalanches are off. I mean, we do work with the Utah Avalanche. Um, we ensure the the education side of the Utah Avalanche organization, um, where they they teach people how to test for for avalanches and and how to test the snow and stuff. The state ensures the actual like go rescue them stuff. But um, yeah, I I've been tempted to email my contact over there and 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 find out see if we can find out some background stuff because there were I think they said over like forty avalanches in the backcountry, um, and. And there was another one that was triggered by a skier, but that skier escaped. And oh, wow. then these these six people that were in this one, they weren't even all together. And they all had like their avalanche gear and their beacons and they were all dug out. It's just it was so cold and there was so much snow that four of them froze. They, yeah, I mean, they, they, could they were all experienced backcountry skiers, but the avalanche danger is real. I mean, there was an avalanche in Park City, not even backcountry avalanche that killed someone two weeks ago. Um, and it doesn't happen very often, but uh, you know when you the, the way avalanches work basically, um, other than snow just falls down, right? Uh, but the way avalanches work is when you have uh, a long period without snow, snow still melts. Uh, the sun, uh, especially when it's not cloudy, the sun hits the snow and it melts. And it doesn't necessarily run off because it's so cold. What it does is it just refreezes right away, and so you have these layers of just sheet ice like super slick ice that's very very brittle it's not super deep and it's and it's 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 just sitting on top of the snow then you get two feet of snow from a snowstorm people are like yeah let's go ski down that nice fresh powder problem is all it takes is a little bit for that shelf to crack and then all the snow on top of it pushes down the mountain uh and that's that's an avalanche that's how they happen and 
that's how Utah's winter has been so far. We've had really long periods between storms. I mean, fuck, it was 50, it was like almost 60 degrees yesterday on Monday Yeah, uh, in the valley. That's insane for, uh, you know, first like part February. of February. Well, we've had virtually no snow this year down yeah. in the valley. Yeah, and even in the mountains, we've had, you know, a little bit, but this last storm dumped, you know, a couple feet up there. So, <coughs> And we're supposed to get some more this weekend, which will be good. Uh, we really need it uh, for sure. Um, and it, it sucks. It sucks that people lost their lives, especially experienced people. But at the same time, like, you know, no, I don't think anyone goes into it going, I might die. Um, you know, it's probably not quite as bad as skydiving, but that's a risk that, you know, that's why you have your avalanche gear. That's why you have beacons. That's why you have that stuff to dig out. So it's like hike. I mean, hiking too. That's just, you know, an assumed risk. What? Snowshoeing. Hiking. There's a, there's a risk to hiking. You freaking hurt your leg. And it's you could still fall hurt. off of a cliff. And, and you die. were freaking walking up a paved path. No, 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 look. You only fall off of cliffs and die if you're taking dumbass selfies. <laughs> like the phone, the pictures from the phones on Angel's Landing. A rock can fall off you, or could fall on you. You don't know. Sure. Well, I mean, if I'm walking the pipeline trail, I don't think I'm going to have a rock fall on me once you're on the ridge. But getting up there, yeah, because I think like Rattlesnake Gulch, you could die. It could get by, bit by a rattlesnake. That's how it got its name. Yeah, true. And rattlesnakes all over that place, biting people in the ankles, hikers. It's just it's a tragedy. That's what we call ankle biters? Mm, no? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week we are joined by uh, John Jarvis, otherwise known as uh, Jarvicious or Jarvis or DJ Jarvicious. I don't know. Lots of different it's, names. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is. Uh, uh, so you're uh, right now. I mean, you're obviously you're a, uh, a disc jockey around the Salt Lake area, but you are also uh, a DJ and FX designer for Evermore Park, correct? I am. Yeah. And that's yeah, a newly appointed appointed position. Is that correct also? Yeah, I started uh, December 1st. I got a call out of the blue. Um and uh, they had seen a lot of the uh, the Halloween stuff that I had been working on at my house, um, and uh, a lot of the uh, just they I guess they had run into me at Comic Cons and they've seen me at all sorts of things, and so I got a call out of the blue. They're like, we need a new uh, AV special effects uh, lighting guy, and uh, I've always wanted to work at a theme park, so I jumped at the opportunity. So I've been here for. A little over two months, two and a half months, I think. Nice. Yeah. So is that where you're at right now? That in the with the cool background, or is that your basement? Uh, yeah, this was this was a a quiet space that was well lit and indoors and warm. I started <laughs> working outside like a majority of the time, and it's cold outside. So if I'm going to sit with you guys, I thought I'd make it look nice in the background, right? <laughs> yeah, that looks I wish awesome. everybody else could see this, but I'm clearly on a spaceship, so I just want you to <laughs> I know. see that. I'm very jealous. Of <laughs> this is actually a real backdrop. <laughs> I, I assume it's actually your your shower. And that's it, it's shower storage. Room. No, it's actually a And you're just, photo you're just recording this in the bathroom right now? It's yeah. a photo backdrop. It's super long. Actually, we are in the same room together. Oh, oh the illusion is ruined. Yeah, oh, right. Totally broke the fourth wall. <laughs> you always get better acoustics in the bathroom. <laughs> At least you're not cat lawyer. Oh, no, but I do have a cat next to me. 
<laughs> Who kind of looks like Cat Lawyer. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta start the interview out right. Um, the first thing that we ask our our guests is what month were you born in? Uh, July. October. That's fitting. So you're a Halloween baby. Yeah. You I am a Halloween baby. Halloween. Yeah. That that's fitting for working. I'm the, uh, I and my birthday. I'm a, a Cancer Leo cusp, so I'm just like <gasps> our birthday. I'm like this weird spectrum kind of thing, just. Very, very outgoing. Also, quite the. Aren't our birthdays like right next to each other? I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you and I are like a day. Maybe. I'm the twenty second. What are you? Twenty fifth. Oh. Chris is the nineteenth. So you're you all Cancer Leo cousins. friends. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy and I are, are birthday buddies, and the rest of you are birthday buddies. So. But Jeremy actually has an October birthday. That's true. That is true. Halloween time frame, which means Jeremy was conceived in January or for Valentine's Day thereabouts. (laughs) Yeah, probably Valentine's Day ish. You know, I'm uh, I'm adopted, and I remember meeting my birth mom the first time, and she took the time to walk me. So I I went to Oregon, where I was from, and she was showing me around, and she she was like, "This is where you were conceived." And I was like, no way. I'm very, this is like our first, you know, good one-on-one in her hometown. I'm like, nice. I, you know, check. Backseat I always wondered that. Thanks, as long as it's not Backseat something you found out like last year. I, I was, I was conceived in a, in a lab. So. In a tube. Yeah. Mm. IVF baby. So. Squirted some sperm on an egg. <laughs> put it in your mom. Yep. <laughs> My lab baby. Yeah, science. <laughs> so it's a lot about me. So you're adopted. So are you originally from Utah? Did you grow up here? Uh, I grew up here. I'm from Oregon, a small small town, uh, Colton. It's like 25, 30 minutes southeast of Portland. Uh, Mom still lives there. She's got a few acres. It's awesome. Um, and, but I, I did all my growing up here. I mean, I went to, I went to Kearns high school. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. We're I, in Kearns I, right uh, now. The two of us. That's what, uh, that's what Jessica said when she was calling me. She's like, you gotta come, you gotta swing by the studio. I think it's near your spot. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, um, up at the top of Kearns. So just the next street after the high school. We're, we're in, we're in a nice part of Kearns. I was, gonna, that's no joke. Not, I was about to not say the that. part where people are being shot and kidnapped. Well, yeah. that's our neighborhood. It's just the opposite corner. We call that gangland. That's the, that's on Cougar lane where Kearns high actually is. Um, sure. Yeah, that's and right. that's where all of the stuff happens. Nothing ever happens up here. That's not Except true. The fire the lady truck stole stolen. a fire truck. Oh, that's true. I drove it the from. stolen fire truck was <laughs> the, up here at our Walgreens. The Sev down by Bangator drove it up 6200 and parked it in the Walgreens. And then went into Walgreens and said, you probably should call someone that fire truck stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that crazy fucking story. That was so long ago. It was, but it's still insane. I was like, this is not Florida. How did this happen? (laughs) (laughs) So you grew up here. You went to Kearns High. Then what? Uh, I was uh, not a very popular kid in high school. I I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I wanted to DJ. I had been DJing since I was like 16. Um, And everybody kept telling me that I wasn't a career, so I wasn't sure what to do. Um, I had a counselor that was really great who... 
Um, he got me an internship at uh, a radio station when I was, I think, probably 16, actually. Um, and uh, I started working in radio right out of high school. I mean, I did about did a little less than a year of an internship my senior year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just kind of stuck with it. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't go to college. Um, I kind of got my dream job or what I thought was my dream job right out of the gate. And I worked with that series of radio stations throughout its life um, until probably, I think, 2018, September or so. When did you start? Uh, December 2002. Oh, were you back? You were at Trolley Square then? Yeah. Well, actually, no, I was at um, I was up on 33rd at Mill Creek Broadcasting. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> for school, I would have to drive like 40 minutes east and then, you know, get, get from Kearns. And I didn't know any better. You know, you take the belt right all the way around all the way up east just yep. to spend 20 minutes there and <laughs> come all the way back for the next class. Why? Like, why radio? Did you want to be a personality? Did you want to work on the production side? So I, um, that's fun. Um, Just about everybody I run into, it's like, oh, radio's fun. I've always wanted to be on the radio. And I was like, cool, I've never wanted to be on the radio, really. (laughs) Like, I have, I don't have a lot to say. I mumble a lot, you know, like, I'm I'm very awkward, um, unless I'm in front of a crowd for some reason. Uh, I've always wanted to do the behind the scenes stuff. I thought that was way more exciting I mean, these are the, and, and by the way, I was totally right. So, um, I always favored the marketing department, the promotions department, um, which is a very, um, very low on the totem pole, according to every, anybody else in radio. But in my opinion, they are the intersection of radio. They are the ones that get everything done. Um, they're, I mean, the, especially uh, nowadays, department, yeah. Especially what? I'm sorry. Oh, I said especially nowadays with like the way that radio has, the landscape of radio has changed. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, marketing, I mean, it's it's my ideas that that are being executed, you know, day in, day out. Like I get to be creative for the sake of being creative and, you know, all the like weird gimmicky stuff that you hear on the radio. I mean, that that originated when it was my job to make it happen. Um, and that was really, really exciting. It was a combination of being a producer while also being, you know, out and about. You know, I, I'm the one that gets to drive the van around. Get out stickers, throw T-shirts. And that's that's a small part of it. How many T-shirt <laughs> cannons have you fired? Many, many cannons. <laughs> no one is mad have, about a T-shirt I cannon. I have shot, yeah, and no one's ever upset. I mean, you could shoot them point blank, and they are like, cool, thank you. But how, bo- how boring! How boring is radio promotions? Like the 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 job as a whole is not boring. But I mean, like when you go out on site and you're you know setting up the place for a personality to be at a car yeah. dealership for two hours, where they do a pre-recorded spot for the radio like three times in that two hours, and they're just there to meet people. Like sometimes those remotes are incredibly long and dull, and no one they, shows up. Right? They. Absolutely are. And I've spent, I think I've spent years of my life in parking lots, mostly car dealerships. Um, but I've met like some of the coolest people. I mean, a lot of my connections come from, from uh, car dealership parking lots. And uh, yeah, those can be 
dull, especially when it's a weekday. It's the middle of the day. It's you know, Tuesday no at two. Come see hi. me at John Stockton Toyota. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you're, and and you have to wear you know, DJs probably hungover or something. You know, everybody's just or I'm hungover. You know, it's it's a little rough, but otherwise and. I mean, honestly, I would argue that the DJs probably have the most boring job because um, they're in this they're in this dark little studio all day, just talking to themselves. Um, and you know, when they're done at the end of the day, they either go to another little dark studio and record all sorts of other things, or uh, or they're done for the day, and we just we just never see them again. Otherwise, you know, I'm I've you know the promotions department, even the sales department is just. You know, it's my job to like go into a company who wants to advertise with us, figure out what, first off what they do and how they do it, where the problems are, what can I do as a as a marketing component, you know, and add on top of that and kind of become like a temp position in this company, while also just having you know my free for all, you know, at this like walk into a McDonald's that is advertising some horrible. Um, jalapeno burger and <laughs> just get to, you know, I get to jump on the headset and, and just make fun of people point blank on the, um, over the intercom because it makes hilarious radio content. And they just like, <laughs> and then I just collect my paycheck at the end of the day. And I'm out. Like it's when you, when you, I just want to know when you wanted to get into radio, you're in Salt Lake, which is not a huge market, but did you have a space that you wanted to be like the classic rock market or the alternative market or the yeah. top 40 market? Uh, I, I am a sucker for like classic hip hop, pop music and um, like rhythmic, just a lot of rhythmic and, you know, funk, everything. So anything that just had like a good, good beat i wanted to avoid the rock stations i wanted to avoid the country stations i wanted to avoid the uh the obscure uh oldies stations <laughs> and uh right out of the gate i worked for mill creek broadcasting and at the time it was uh 94.9 the blaze uh it was 107.9 or it was power 107.9 uh top 40 station and um u92 so right out of the gate like i was stoked i was working for u92 um, which was only a few years old at that point. And I was specifically helping out U92 and Power. Um, we had The Blaze, which, I mean, in high school, I was all about rock, but I didn't ever want to work for one. I listened to them enough to know that what they do day in, day out is just very dull. But I did. You would end up with McAnallen or John Carter? <laughs> yeah, I ended up with, I ended up with uh, Big Raj. And uh, oh, big garage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they were like my mentors. I mean, Marcy, I think, was on the station at one point. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, before she ended up going to like X96 and other stuff. Um, Victor Cade. Uh, you know, everybody, I mean, inbred radio. Everybody's worked with everybody. Um, and, oh, and funny you bring up the, the market thing. So there's, you know, 200 plus markets in the country and surprisingly utah well northern utah the wasatch front area is market 25 something 24 25 yeah um and i mean which is huge it's it's amazing to i mean 
Um, I'm currently playing for a radio station in Santa Maria, California, and they are in the hundreds, I think. Um, but to me, it's really exciting to go play for a radio station in California where they look at me the opposite way and, you know, market 25, that's, that's pretty, pretty fucking big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Did that opportunity come out of, of COVID or had that been in the works like prior? Oh, that was, yeah, that was in the, in the work prior. So parallel to my radio career, I had been DJing independently, you know, uh, nonstop since I was a kid. Um, I mean, I was just sidebar real quick. I grew up in a very quiet household. Um, and I had a cousin who was DJing and that's how I started DJing. And I was learning music as I was playing music for crowds. So somewhere there is some poor couple that got married and I played their wedding and I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. Some, you know, long, stupid hair, bowl cut kind of thing. Um, me playing their, I assume I'm in there just photo albums in the background, just haunting their, their <laughs> wedding. Well, this um, is the guy that train wrecked all night. Yeah. Oh, I, good thing we only paid him a hundred bucks. You know, <laughs> and now you know your worth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> parallel, you know, to radio the whole time I w I've been DJing the whole time. And while DJing and especially having a radio kind of, um, background, uh, I've been able, I've been invited to be a part of, um, a few different radio or excuse me, uh, DJ groups over the years. And I'm currently a part of two of them. One is, uh, the mix syndicate international and the other one is the radio DJs, um, Radio DJs, for example, they're based out of um, Texas, and they um, they do all the Kid Craddock morning shows. If you know anything about it in the other markets, Kid Craddock is kind of a big, pretty big deal, pretty pretty rad syndicated morning show. Um, and the Mix Syndicate guys, they are based out of New York, and they've got a lot of huge contacts in New York and California. Mix Syndicate guys, um, they a lot of the a lot of the crew do have radio jobs in various positions. And so we, we jump back and forth on each other's radio stations all the time mixing for those. So I got a, I got a call from DJ creativity and, uh, creativity has me doing, um, once or twice a month on a radio station in California. Um, and then we just kind of rotate through between, you know, various markets, New Orleans, uh, New Jersey, uh, New York. So, so prior to doing all the, the radio DJing, and when we're talking about radio DJing for, for people that are listening, we're not talking about the guy that's just putting CDs on. We're talking about someone that's actually doing real music mixing, right? Yeah, mix shows. I mean, yeah. we're we're uh, whether it's pre-recorded, which is very glamorous at home, um, <laughs> <laughs> or or we're there in the studio doing it in a little prod room next to the. A uh, little production room right next to the the studio where you know the day to day radio stuff's happening. We're we're mixing you know songs back to back, and we've got either a loose playlist or or just certain rules we have to follow. And it's it's I think it's um, it's very exciting. I don't know. It's I'm a huge nerd for that kind of stuff. So did you ever did you ever fly around the country pre-COVID doing live shows in in places that weren't necessarily radio stations? Because I know yeah. that you've done a lot of live stuff in the Salt Lake Valley, obviously. Yeah, for clubs uh, and things. 
Right, right. Um, and yeah, Utah, I've got a, you know, Utah obviously is where I am platformed probably the most, but, um, yeah, I've done shows in, um, all over in California, Oregon, Washington, a lot of the West coast, really, uh, a lot of shows, a few shows in, uh, Vegas, but a couple shows in Nevada as a whole, um, Arizona, uh, I get up to Idaho occasionally. Yeah. Just, I mean, whether it's a, a bar that, um, that I reach out to, um, or, you know, various markets that I play in invite me out to play other things. Um, yeah, I did a show in Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> That's that cool. That's very exciting. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really cool. Touring as a, as a DJ is really, really exciting. I mean, especially, I, I would argue I'm, I'm not like the other guys in town. I'm not like the other, um, you're not a Pinterest, a Pinterest DJ. Well, just even even the hardcore guys that do DJ for a living, you know they they're the, they live the culture, and I'm so dorky, um, and I'm very proud to to make things uncomfortable for people. Like I just <laughs> I, like I love embarrassing them so much because they hold themselves to such a high caliber and. and to be fair, rightfully so. But I have no shame, you know. Uh, I just I don't fit the I don't fit the bill. I mean, I did an interview one time where somebody asked me to like, you know, have you experienced any racism being the, you know, just such a white TJ? And I'm like, I'd never thought about it before. Actually, yes. Like, but I'm so <laughs> shameless. Like, I I'm clueless. I could care less. I'm just happy to be there. You know, thanks thanks for calling. You know, <laughs> is that a, like the benefit of being part of those syndicates? Is like getting these out of state shows? Yeah, uh, we're yeah. The whole point of of being in some sort of crew, some sort of DJ group like that, is to network and to utilize one another. Um, uh, Doing, uh, uh, or okay, being a part of a DJ crew, um, everybody, you know, pools their, their, um, contacts together. And so something like South by Southwest, the festival that, you know, the arts festival that takes place in Texas, in Austin, um, mm-hmm. all of the, the DJs get together and all of their various clubs that they play at regularly or that they are residents of or hosts of, um, we, we invite everybody flies down to South by Southwest together and we, we take over a spot for a night and we get to rotate between, you know, one night has like 10 DJs, 10, 15 DJs. It's awesome. And we're all, you know, kind of hip hop and, or it's very eclectic, um, in these spots. And so just playing back to back and networking and rubbing elbows with people all over the country is really, really exciting. A lot of these DJs, you know, creativity, for example, um, He's, you know, he's a signed artist as well as being a DJ and a uh, music director for a radio station. Um, so we all share contacts and, and work with various artists. And then when artists come touring through town, um, when you've got, um, when you've got a musical artist that comes touring through town and, and they're doing a, a promotional tour and they pop by every radio station or, or they do um, uh, just a small club show or even, you know, the large shows up at 
say like USANA or something. Um, these these artists have heard of us or run into us because of our our DJ crews, and so they end up calling us and having us book for uh, to, you know to to DJ their set at a at a nightclub or something. So That's cool. I've had a lot of opportunities outside of radio that um, you know just independently where. Uh, someone would call and I'd get the opportunity to be on stage that night with Petey Pablo or whoever. Um, yeah. So what's the... Go, oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Jess. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to go like back a little bit. Just how did you, how did you get your name? Um, I, de- I, can't, I DJed under so many stupid things. Um, <laughs> Until what's, I got into radio. What's your radio. stupidest? What was your, like, I can't believe my name John's is this squared. right now. So it was John, but it's J-A-W-N, like yawn. <laughs> and um, I had a friend in school who always called me John John, and I hated it. So she started calling me John Squared. Um, and I did that. You know, I, I tried to play as John Squared for a couple of years. But as soon as I got into radio, they started calling me Jarvis, um, which... I love like I like Iron Man Jarvis Well, at first. And it was actually Raj from 94 Nine to Blaze started calling me Jarvis. Um, he was just referring to my last name kind of in a military sense. And um, then and shortly after, it, you know, the, the connection between Marvel and everything came together and I was just stoked. So anytime I get uh, anytime I get somebody. Or being the promotions person and calling somebody and being like, hey, you just want a trip to blah, blah, blah. And they were like, I can't believe Jarvis just called me (laughs) and, you know, gave me, you know, like it's this, it's been working for X96. I ended up working for X96 for several years and um, working so closely with Geek Show and Carrie and, and Radio from Hell. When Jarvis suddenly calls, you know, it felt like. He, like I'm just kind of that. That was a, a huge deal. The the Jarvisious thing, um, for a long time, and I still occasionally do, I guess. But um, for a long time, I wore my temper on my sleeve. I was just you can get a lot done with uh, caffeine and anger. Um, That's gonna and, be my new. Can I put that on a uh, and I just, I would blow up at all sorts of at just how frustrating things were or how you know. Uh, uh, how I would just feel like things should be common sense, but they weren't. And so somebody slipped one time and called me Jarvicious because I was just vicious. I, you know, whatever I was doing was just just the rudest thing, and it was. But they were kind of impressed at how rude I was. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, "That's awesome! I'm totally doing that." And so yeah, I've been Jarvicious probably since 2008 or nine sounds like you've calmed down though. You found your balance. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Medicated for a while. It was, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, uh, mental health. Um, I had a huge mental breakdown, you know, a few years back and, um, luckily it didn't spill out into the general public, but I mean, it was, it was very eye opening for me. And so, yeah, I've, I've, I rarely, you know, except for when I'm driving, uh, rarely uh, whip out the temper anymore. So <laughs> I feel pretty feel pretty good about it. Sorry, Chris, what was your question? 
I was just it's a totally different direction now, but I was just going to ask what your uh, what the favorite event that you've ever done was as a, as a DJ. That's still relevant. Relevant, just just off, not, off yeah, shoot. Yeah. Now it's not talking about his anger problems. <laughs> <laughs> Open book, you very transparent, almost too much so. Um, gosh, as a as a DJ, everything. Um, I've always, oh man, I don't even know how to answer this. Uh, everything I do kind of bleeds into to one another. So radio or DJing or um, probably some of the, the FanX events have been my absolute favorite. Um, uh, sitting with Sean Austin backstage before um, I DJ and... Um, or you know, chatting with some of the Backstreet Boys that that are excited to hear me DJ, you know, um, getting on stage with uh, uh, did you get to DJ with Elijah Wood? That's all that matters. Um, I was so I was back. I was there with Elijah when he came and DJed at the complex, um, but I did not get to DJ with him. But I got to. I got to chat with him a little bit backstage and then watch him. It's basically the DJed. same thing. I was, by the way, Elijah. <laughs> oh man, Elijah is an an interesting cat when it comes to to DJing. I mean, he 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 insists on playing vinyl records, which I absolutely love. That's that's where I that's how I started. Um, and but he's not, you know, he doesn't match the tempos together. He is, he's very classic. He's very organic when it comes to, to mixing all his stuff. So, uh, and I don't think by the way, that something like the complex knew that at the time they were just, you know, Elijah Wood. Awesome. They set up the stage, huge subwoofers underneath, you know, big gigantic sound system, lots of really cool lights, very ravey feeling. And then he comes out and plays a bunch of funk. Um, and, <laughs> And if you know anything about, you know, vinyl and sound systems, subwoofers and turntables do not go together one bit, at least not with not when you've got a, a needle just gently resting on a record and you've got subwoofers just vibrating the like shit out of the stage oh underneath. It is a nightmare. Just and nobody, nobody complex. considered this. So, yeah, that was that was how actually how I got to, like, really bond with him that night was. All right, man. We gotta we gotta whip out some yoga mats and put them. You know, just re- you gotta like you might as well set up your stuff on a trampoline at that point. <laughs> I don't know. It's very exciting. What about the opposite end of the spectrum? I'm curious. What the the worst thing that you ever had? <laughs> it was that wedding. Hundred dollar wedding. Yeah. <laughs> wedding. <laughs> um, this is okay. My worst one is also probably another one of my favorite ones. Um, I, I played, I DJed a funeral that ended up, that ended up being a swingers party. Wow. (laughs) So nobody tells me this, by the way, you know, I show up, this is no one's going to show up if you tell them that. (laughs) I, (laughs) well, it's this, it was a, it was a private thing. Um, every year on uh, this, this woman's birthday, she throws a big house party. And so I was hired to play the first year. No big deal. I didn't think anything of it. 
Second year, I come back and um, I walk in. There's a coffin in the middle of the room, and I'm like, cool. Uh, they're like, oh, the theme this year is the birthday girl's funeral. And I was like, okay. So um, party starts. They have a full funeral, eulogy, everything, guest speaker. People are crying. Uh, and I'm like, cool. Well, it's over now, so hit it, Jarvis. Boom. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what do you play? I'm, in my head, I'm joking. I'm like, let's play some emo shit. Like, um, Black Parade. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what I played um, because shortly after, everyone was just just all over one another. And then suddenly everyone was naked. And I've got another four hours of music I've got to be playing. It was, Jesus Christ. It was a disaster and hilarious and just extremely wait. awkward and hilarious and <laughs> wait so was she was it really she was dead or that was just the theme of the party that was her funeral was the theme of her party so it was she weird. wasn't actually dead but okay. it was everyone come over everybody knew that this was supposed to be a funeral quote unquote except funeral you? except for me the entertainment <laughs> uh, I mean, did you have to take your clothes off too at some point? I I offered to because I'm a gentleman, you know, (laughs) but uh, no, unfortunately, fortunately, nobody and nobody asked me to take my pants off. So (laughs) thus the worst party, like who else could say that they threw themselves a funeral and they weren't even dead. That's amazing. Damn good idea, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Orgy funeral party. No, those October birthdays? Huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah. You're not getting naked in my house, Jeremy. It'll be fine. Okay. Just be in the coffin naked. <laughs> His sister's birthdays at the same time, so we usually celebrate them together. That might be weird. Yeah, you want to do a swing yeah, party? Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> 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 I don't, I don't think I'm gonna mix. I don't think I'm gonna mix my birthday funeral and and my swingers parties again. I think I'll keep each one separate. You know, have you know I, it's just it's too much. It's overstimulating. Yes, but did you get paid for that job? <laughs> oh, absolutely, I did. Fifty bucks for that. One. <laughs> uh, the dollar bills were wet, but it, it was. Oh. <laughs> but money dries, so it's fine. <laughs> it's been the same. Right. Uh, Have you ever DJed a Real Housewife of Salt Lake City party? Um, no, but I've DJed um, at Miss Utah's house, and I could wish I could remember which one it was. One of the Park City girls. I've, yeah, that's all. <laughs> uh, and I, by the way, how was the the end of that season? I know you're a big fan. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. I haven't seen a single episode. Okay, so here's what's going to happen, and I'll talk about this in my recap. I've been DJing when they went clubbing, though. But here's (laughs) here's what's going to happen. They, in 12 years of Real Housewives franchise, Mm -hmm. they are going to be the first one to have a three-part reunion. It's unheard of. It's going to be drama. It sounds like this is also necessary. (laughs) only Utah women can create that much drama. Oh, no. It's good. Well, here's the thing. So, they had to have Grandpa Fucker get in there more. Yeah, so, so so here's the thing. It was recorded. Uh, the whole show was filmed a year ago. Right. Now you have these women, like, rehashing this and watching it now, and they just filmed the reunion two weeks ago. So, like, it's all brand new blood again. Like, 
it's going to be bad. That's and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> My grandpa's hot. I'll fuck him if I want. I'm not angry. I just think it's funny that, da, 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 you know. Yeah, I know it's going to be bad. So anyways, <laughs> it's nice to see all of the local stuff here. So but maybe you can, I don't know, a couple of those gals throw parties all the time. So maybe you can DJ one of their parties someday. Um, yeah, you can get a hold of me on social media. I, and I know you're all listening, so <laughs> they're huge fans of our show. Figure it out. Might. You not you'd never know. No, Grandpa Fucker does not listen to this show. No, Mary definitely I don't even know if she'd know what a podcast is, to be honest with you. <laughs> she'd probably ask you what time it was on. <laughs> oh, you, said, you said you kind of stopped doing radio in 2018. Um, you know, what, what'd you do after that? Once you've left radio, or are you back in the radio business a little bit? Um, I'm on a, I'm doing radio, but only as a mix show DJ, you know, as a guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also get a call occasionally from, from my friends in radio that ask me to come in and help, um, run sound or, you know, set a stage or operate lights and all sorts of stuff. Um, but on a, you know, I'm not working for a radio station necessarily. Uh, in 2018, I just kind of worked myself to death and, um, I was working like 60, 80 hours a week and that was just normal. And so I let that go and fell back on my DJing that I had been doing on the side, you know, this entire time. And, um, until I started working at, uh, the theme park at Evermore, um, I've been just DJing full time. Um, and luckily, I mean, in, in 2020, I had been DJing for 20 years and I, it's the only way I think I would have survived, uh, the pandemic. Um, the, you know, the first, one of the first things to go obviously is live events, live musics. Um, and, uh, DJs were, were immediately cut. Um, but also having done marketing for radio for so long, um, I, you know, I started doing the, the podcast and live stream stuff, um, right away. That was, that was easy and you can monetize that well. Um, I started reaching out to places that had never had DJs before, you know, restaurants were one of the first businesses to open back up that kind of fell, you know, the hospitality industry, anything that sort of fringe stuff, um, bars weren't open, dance clubs obviously weren't open, concerts were definitely not happening, still aren't, Um, but restaurants are open. So I'm like, cool, that is an avenue that I can definitely capitalize on. Um, And so I, I, during that time was doing podcast stuff for as long as I could until my finances were shot. And then um, you know, started DJing and, and pitching opportunities left and right to restaurants and um, just about anywhere that, that I could. So uh, DJing really saved saved my life there. And then I've got um, I have a few places that I DJ frequently. And so of course, as soon as these as soon as the bars um, started reopening, you know, I was. Um, Luckily, I was one of the first people they called, and um, yeah, so I've been 
uh, I've been saved that way, I suppose. And it's still happening. Like I, I now have this full-time gig uh, at the theme park, and I'm still DJing on the weekends. So um, how did it's nice to nice to let it all come together? How did how did being a DJ translate to um, light design and effects that you ended up? getting this call from evermore i mean i know that you do like stuff at home like you're you're building your your haunted mansion broom thing (laughs) Uh, i so how did that how did that come to fruition um in in when uh mill creek broadcasting i think is probably where it started uh you know as a i was djing as a mobile DJ, which is what you would consider for those that don't know, that's, you know, that's your DJ that comes to your wedding. It's a mobile DJ. Um, uh, DJing weddings and all sorts of events. I had to learn equipment on the fly. Um, then moving over into radio, um, the company grew and, and evolved and became other companies and those companies started growing and growing so rapidly, but didn't consider to add more staff. So suddenly we had more and more tools and nobody knew how, knew how to use them. So I had to jump on those. Not to mention we are, uh, say we, but the, the radio stations um, were are one of the last groups in the country that... Um, produce their own concerts. And um, I've um, been fortunate to be invited to be a part of that team and produce concerts um, through the radio station. And so then working, you know, parallel to some of the, the greatest, you know, lighting designers and sound designers that tour through town or that live here locally, um, just kind of picking up on that. Um, and practicing with it at home. I mean, I, I blow all my money on, on what I would consider toys, but they're, you know, projection mapping and all sorts of stuff, just stuff that I find fascinating or technology that I find fascinating that I just have at home for some reason that no, no person should ever own, you know, um, and, and just toying with it at home and trying to find ways to utilize it and, and, um, I, you know, it, I've, I've goofed around with it enough and I've been public with it enough, um, that you're going to try to incorporate and build it, my they, own haunted mansion. They started following. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. In, like for my birthday last year, um, I, I, for no reason whatsoever, just started building. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if. No, not I, for no reason. You're passionate about Disney. That's the reason. Well, that is a scientific fact, but yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, let's build a fireplace. Okay. A few years prior to that, I built these two pillars, these brick pillars that you would put at the entrance of your cemetery or something, but I never had anything to go in between them. And people always do a gate. And I always thought the gate was kind of overplayed. So I, I wasn't sure what to do. And then finally for my birthday last year, somebody joked about a fireplace and I was like, cool, actually a fireplace between these two pillars would look really dope and just started building this kind of epic fireplace. And it started, I started using like all the toys and the tools and stuff that I had been collecting and observing and, and 
Jess, you know me well enough that, um, so I'm like a huge Imagineering fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, the, the history and the technology and everything kind of all come together, the stage presence, everything, lighting, everything, um, is just something that I find extremely fascinating when, when theme parks across the globe open a new attraction, I'm like picking them apart and looking at the patents and trying to figure everything out. So finally having an opportunity, I'm like, I'm going to build this fireplace. It's a pepper's ghost effect in the middle. So you can see real flames in the fireplace, but there are no real flames. The, it's, the flames are transparent because it's a pepper's ghost effect. Um, but then I also wanted to make it a drop panel. So it has a moving scare element um, and just spent like three months in my free time just building this like epic, huge, beautiful fireplace that was on display in October for some reason. And that's how everybody the whole story. They were like, come build our fireplaces. By the way, I'm thinking about selling it. So if anybody <laughs> use, <laughs> use this as an opportunity to advertise that. Oh, man. Um, it's I had pretty, a wall. pretty awesome. So what are your plans for, like, what do they have in store for you at Evermore? Because it's constantly, it's on pause, and then it's growing, and then it's on pause, and then it's growing. Yeah. Um, so right now they're in between seasons. It's it's cold and muddy here, um, and uh, I was hired specifically to come in and just create magic, which was uh, such like that it gave me chills. I mean, I'll, that's all I've ever wanted to do was just create magic. Um, and uh, there's, I guess, first off, I'm I'm tearing out all the infrastructure here for lighting wise and relighting the entire park from top to bottom. Um, trying to take sections of the park that, um, are just beautiful sections in general and trying to find a way to in, you know, inject magic in there and try to, you know, create, um, disbelief left and right. So, um, I mean, before, you know, I'm here, I'm at work right now. And before I was talking to you guys, I was in the uh, restaurant we have, um, working on some projection mapping behind the bar. So there are, there's a kettle up on a shelf that, um, shoots out steam suddenly. Um, or the, the, there's a gargoyle on a shelf that can blow fire, um, uh, soon I'll be working on a, a window where kind of very, uh, I hate to compare the two, but, um, very wizarding world kind of vibe. But, um, if you take the time to go peek through the windows left and right, you know, you may find that there is a fairy flying around inside the windows, maybe moving some bottles around or, um, trapped in a lantern or maybe a dragon flying overhead or the, the, uh, the shadow of a dragon passes over, uh, the roof line of a building. That's cool. Um, just trying to inject magic wherever, you know, just about wherever I can. So do they um, have the, their next season announced? Like what no, they're going, they're, cause they do them by themes, right? Yeah, they're, they do, uh, four seasons officially um 
and they're in the process of kind of, of working this all out. My focus lately has been um, the restaurant, and um, it's a new restaurant. It just opened about a month ago, and uh, it's this kind of Nordic tavern with a huge fireplace in the middle, and um, I think soon there's going to be a big... Well, I guess I can't give that part away yet. <laughs> You've heard it here. There's going to be there's going to be something roasting on this big fire, um, and I get to inject magic into that. Um, they are working on a dragon um, hatchery oh, section cool. of the park that I get to relight, um, and I off and on have been. Um, working on this large nighttime uh, light show that will take place in the sky um, throughout Evermore. So um, if, you know, as soon as the sun goes down, if there's just a bunch of spotlights in the sky for no reason and we're closed, that's just me working on, you know, shooting lasers and, and blowing smoke and just trying to create something, just trying to create magic, I guess, you know. Um, luckily, they don't because I have a big mouth, obviously, they don't tell me what the <laughs> some of the secrets are. They just they just tell me they're like, all right, so we are we're wrapping up on this, and we kind of just want you to to just go and you know just create. And I'm like, cool. They've started calling me Vision around here, which no, I, you can't be Jarvis and Vision. I wish they're the same, same person. person. I know. <laughs> but you have to be one or the other. Aww. So they, they were like, well, we, we call you Vision first because you just, you always have this creative vision. And then, of course, you know, the Jarvis thing. And Making it happen. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool. I've never had a nickname, but I've always had nicknames. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got to ride any of the go-karts? Um, no, I walk over there all the time. So across the street, they've got this huge indoor multi-level track like go-kart thing. It's called the grid. And um, I walk over there all the time to go you know, get equipment or cables or something. And I'm just waiting for the day. I'm trying to make friends with the staff. I'm waiting for the day where they're just like, Hop in a car. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm waiting. They're electric, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Crickets. Yeah, it just went silent. That's what happens when I don't... I was asking a question, and when he doesn't talk, everybody stops They were kissing. There's a reason reason that I I run the train wreck, because when I I stop moving, the whole show just ends. No, sorry, I had to switch from one browser to the other, and I lost my stuff, so... Well, I started to ask him a question, and then he turned off our mics, and we were talking, and then... (laughs) You guys all stopped talking. She she was wondering if I was going to ask any questions about... Evermore, Ken, because I know both, and I don't really. We talk. We've talked to three or four people that have worked with Evermore over the years at this point. So yeah, Chris used to a long time ago mm-hmm. be involved with Ken. So I work for Ken, just with, not with Evermore, with a different company. So nice. Yeah, uh, Ken's the one who called me out of the blue, um, and I remember running into him at Fanex. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was there. I, I had been there for days um, doing the, the broadcast with X96. Um, and uh, I was loading out. I missed the panel. I missed the theme park panel about FanX. And I had no idea they had a special guest in that panel. And I'm loading up the equipment at the end of the night in the van, and I'm kind of upset. And um, I look up, and uh, my girlfriend at the time was like, Jarvis, come on over. And she was chatting with Ken, who I've never met. And she goes, look who I found. And standing next to Ken was Tony Baxter. (laughs) He's uh, he's the senior Imagineer at, at... Disney for a long time. He's responsible oh, that, for. Uh, that's probably about the time that Ken was uh, heavily involved with Disney getting the Void over to them. Nice. Uh, actually, yeah, I remember. I think the Void opened at uh, Downtown Disney soon after, mm-hmm. uh, or around that time. Yeah, Tony. Um, I had just run into Tony on Main Street in Disneyland like four months earlier. Um, and I was just blown away to run into Tony, who I, I, I fangirled over Tony. Um, you know, he's the guy responsible for Big Thunder Mountain, uh, Splash Mountain, um, Disneyland Paris. Uh, and running into him in Disneyland, I made a fool of myself there and then had another chance to make a fool of myself again in person. Um, and Tony introduced me to Ken while we were standing there at the end of uh, FanX and I was loading out. So um, I don't think Ken ever remembers this, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I was like, cool, Evermore. Awesome. Like it was, this was right up my alley. So do you, do you know that he used to do his own haunted house out of his house before he started Evermore? Did he did. ever talk to you about that? Yeah. That's pretty and cool. He, um, he recently was, was telling me about it. Um, he sounds a lot like, um, Dan Farr. Like Dan Farr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Farr goes all out as well. Um, and I mean, clearly I came in December one and they were, you know, they were still cleaning up after Halloween here. And it sounds like, and every, all the tools and everything that I've seen, I mean, Halloween here is insane. Mm-hmm. So I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, pre the park launching, they did a huge Halloween pumpkin fest there year, one year. and With a bunch of carved pumpkins, and Chris even had to carve a couple of pumpkins for it. Fucking hate pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, like, food trucks. There were so many fucking pumpkins that year. There were stupid. tons of pumpkins. Giant-ass pumpkins, little pumpkins. We carved pumpkins for, like, a fucking week for that thing. <laughs> Kept them all in wax so that they would last as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah there there's a there's a huge I almost call it a warehouse at this point um, just stuffed full of pumpkins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the the church that's on property here there's there are dragons in there and pumpkins and <laughs> like what, what more do it, you need yeah done. So Jarvis, we, we ask every guest this question, and I'm just curious from your perspective, um, you know, what's the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in, in your time here? Um, sorry, I was distracted. There's people outside. Uh, <laughs> um, the, man, um, probably the, the, 
the mar oh jeez, I don't even know. This is awful. <laughs> I'm you'll have to come back to me. My ADD has gone crazy now. I can't it's one bit. It's like people. <laughs> You're like, you'll have to come back to me. Go ask the Ooh, other guests scandy. the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do people get a hold of you if they wanna they wanna have you come play their funeral um, swinger party? Yeah, of course. Uh, all There's of my social media is DJ Jar Vicious. Um, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at DJ Jar Vicious. Uh, my website is jarvicious.com. Uh, yeah, you can reach out to me social media or you know email jarvicious at gmail. I feel like the most unique thing is playing a funeral swingers party. That's pretty fucked up. But that's not really something you can share with people after. No, that's true. No, like definitely no. Well, maybe they want to recreate it. I don't know. It's in my it's in my press kit. It's like you know I've DJed for Katy Perry and da 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 and da da. -da, That's how I pitches the restaurants. Swingers funeral. I've DJed a funeral that was also a birthday party and a swinger event. So you should have me come DJ in the so, marketable. He's ready for anything, you know, just. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Jarvis. Yeah, likewise. Thanks. I'm so like stoked to finally meet you guys. I've been listening for a minute and I'm, I'm you guys all have like real faces and stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fake face. I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thanks again to, uh, DJ Jarvicious, uh, Jarvis, I don't know, whatever you want to call him, the guy that we talked to for an hour. I actually uh, like how he got his name. It kind of makes me laugh. Jarvicious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I've, uh, I've known that guy for a very long time. Um, but uh, thanks to him for, for joining us and, uh, and, and chatting with us. And uh, I think... Um, I don't have a whole lot to say, honestly. Um, if you like what you heard or you don't, I don't give a shit. Just share our show. That's what helps us the most. Whatever place that you see us, if it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or SoundCloud or Spotify or any of the millions of platforms we're on. It's not millions. There's not that many. Um, but if you like it, <laughs> it's amazing. Share it. Uh, that's what helps us the most. Uh, and you can follow us on all the social medias uh, at TNU Podcast and Utah Podcast out on Facebook. Uh, and our website, thenewutah.com. Let us know what you think about uh, uh, each of us writing blogs now, that we're all writing different blogs. <laughs> writing styles present. Some are better than others. Um, hey, don't be slamming me like that. I'm, I almost <laughs> forgot to put the one up for last week. Uh, I had it written, and I just forgot to do it. Um, so, um, we're all spreading some of the wealth, um, love. next week we have a great show lined up for you. Um, it's kind of a bummer show, but I think it's a really helpful show. Um, we talk about a lot of serious stuff, uh, with uh, a therapist, I think. Um, and then and important serious stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, co- like we actually get to sit down with, a with the actual, um, licensed clinical therapist, and we're going to talk with her about um, about um, coping, um, dealing with stuff during COVID, um, because this is a, you know, we're into a full year now, right? We're in the beginning of February. Uh, we're yep. going to roll into March. Isn't that, that's so crazy. To, like, like, we made it. Like, I know lots of people didn't, but like, we, we, we made, made it. it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's the way I would put it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. You know, in, <laughs> This is okay. So this is something I, I I would love to talk about this for a second. 
since I said we're going to end the show, um, but we'll just do this instead. <laughs> it's like when you say in conclusion. <laughs> it's it is it is it is really tough uh, being on the inside. So being a person in Utah that didn't lose their job, we were more busy than when we started this pandemic. Like my company has, has grown um, pretty. Our dealership was too. Yep. Yeah. And, and Jeremy's company and, and Bree's company, like we're all very fortunate people. And there are a lot of people like us. And in particular in the state of Utah, our unemployment rate has remained low. Um, you know, because of our conservative government, restaurants have been able to stay open. They did close initially, which was kind of fucking crazy and ruined. It actually put a lot of them out of business. Uh, and a lot of them are still struggling. Don't get me wrong. Patronize local restaurants, patronize local businesses, do your best there. But what we don't, if you're listening in the next couple of days and you're like, Oh shit, Valentine's is in a couple of days. Don't buy from 1-800-Flowers. Go to a local florist. Go to, go to uh, um, what's the one I always get flowers Flower from? Patch. Flower Patch is a good local florist uh, all over the valley. Um, and there's there's tons. Uh, our friend Kelly, uh, is his shop I'm up actually, in the It is, and I'm actually ordered myself some flowers I'm going to pick up on Thursday. Did you know hey. there's a rose called the Jessica Rose? I learned that today. Are you going to pick me up some lotto tickets when you go up there? If you want me to, I can. I might. I might okay. then you some. Just let me know. <laughs> Get some scratchers. See if I can win big. I'll let you know. Let me know. Uh, and and I got to support the education system in Malad. <laughs> <laughs> but my point of that was, um, you know, it is hard living in Utah and being in a situation where we haven't had a huge negative impact personally to really grasp how hard this pandemic has been in other places. Unemployment is out of control. There are people, the only reason they have a roof over their head is because there's a government moratorium, a federal moratorium on evictions. They don't have a job. They've been on unemployment for the better part of a year. Uh, If they do have a job, like working as a server, their hours are abysmal. They're not getting tips because there's not as many people going to restaurants. Um, It's hard to put that in perspective when you're not affected by it. It's like saying, I don't really understand my white privilege because you've never had not white privilege, you know? Um, So it's something to keep in mind. Um, It's, it's the country's hurting from this uh, quite a bit. And it's, it's hard to see that a lot of times from, from where we sit, but that's also part of why we love Utah, right? Right. Like the, the state has the the conservative ideals that run the state have put us in a position where the impact of this pandemic has not been as bad as it is elsewhere. Um, we don't tend to have the highs in Utah, but we don't have the lows as either. Exactly. Exactly. Unless you're trying to buy a house right now. <laughs> and then it's, Holy cow. You know, the other place in the country that's just like us with that is Austin. Same yeah. reason. All the people from these uh, tech companies in California moving out of California to other places. Utah and Austin are big, big uh, grabbers for that. So anyway, um, hopefully you liked uh, what you heard today. Uh, I don't want to end on a low note. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to end now and you're going to pretend like that wasn't a sad thing I talked about with <laughs> shit. Um, sorry, the Super Bowl sucked. Blame Tom Brady. It's his fault. Um you know, you can blame him for whatever you want. He's got seven Super Bowl rings now, I guess. And, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, don't eat the toxic dirt snow. Bless your heart. 